0: Hey, everybody, I'm Jody Vance.
1: And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Yeah, no words, no words. I'm hey, no song today. Jeez. What is happening on Earth? <laughs> it's just depressing. Ukraine and now Israel. I mean, it's crazy crazy craziness and you know we grew up in a very very nice time i must say the 70s and 80s were sure we had the cold war but man oh man this is next level what we had the
0: cold war without week? without social media we had the cold yeah. war where we didn't just sometimes sometimes look at our our computer screen our phone our tablet whatever and have things yeah. that are you know like i uh, I put it this way, I'm checking in on all my Jewish friends. I'm checking Mm -hmm. in on my friends who are mothers and fathers and daughters and sons and grandparents who are watching what's happening and feeling fearful. And we've talked about, um, you know, anti-Semitism and Mm -hmm. far right extremism and the rise of dog whistles. Like, Mm. there's a lot here, and certainly you and I are not the ones to weigh in on uh, Hamas and Palestinians and Israelis and what it's like to be Jewish and, you know, occupation and Benjamin Netanyahu. And, like, there's just so much history here, what I can weigh in on, which is just what I'll bring to the table for our unspun audience, because we try and untangle the complexities of these things. My mother was born in Dubrovnik. Now Dubrovnik is Croatia, but she was born to my grandfather, who was Serbian. And my grandfather was not a Serb. He was a Yugoslav. And he would actually fight with his family, who were a little bit more Serbian. Mm. You know, and and I would grow up at his feet, listening back and forth to the arguments that happened that were deeply ingrained and embedded in picking a mm-hmm. side, being born into a side. And then and I found it, you know, I was young enough that I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, yeah. so I would just listen and I loved my Jado more than I love anybody in since like he was my yeah. person. And so when I when he told me stories of being you know forced into military service um in in a communist country and and what it was like to have to do what he didn't believe in and and there's just so much nuance to this that there's no way that one can really know what to say unless you are well versed in all of it which brings me to mm-hmm. watching the political minefield on social media right now Mm-hmm. Uh, of of who's picking sides where and uh, the backlash associated with it. And I said off the top, you know, my this is going to sound like a cliche, but my best friend is Jewish. Like my power of attorney, the godmother of my child is a Jewish mother of three. Um, and I checked in with her and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And I'm worried about my children and I'm worried about everybody. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get family out of Israel right now. It's like holy hmm. crap, holy crap.
1: Yeah, I lived in Israel for a while and uh, picking tomatoes uh, in the desert in the Negev, so south east uh, Israel. It's a very small country. I probably got forty minutes to Elat down to the coast of the Red Sea, uh, and so I got to experience. You know, I worked for a farmer on a, a moshav, which is like a. It's not like a kibbutz. It's a, it's a commune. It's a it's a cooperative. Well, I think it was like four hundred farm or four hundred residents, middle of the desert, Jordan Valley. Uh, tomatoes and red peppers were their They, you know, they have a communal thing where they each have their own plot of land. They share. So I, you know, got to experience. I worked with Palestinians who worked there with me, uh, and then the farmers were Jewish. So it was an inex- experience for sure. And obviously traveling around, I was in Tel Aviv. I slept on the beach in Tel Aviv. I slept on the beach in Alant. I Had no worries. This is 1987 uh so you were what course,
0: 21 22 yeah, yeah yeah
1: my mom of course was very concerned you know you think of it as a parent now I'm thinking of my kid was sleeping on a beach in all these places I would not be anywhere happy. sleeping anywhere. on a beach anywhere uh, I back in those days send, yeah, yeah, yeah no social media or frankly phones telephones I just send her a postcard every week to tell her where I was and by that time I already left that place probably from a week so you know it was it was an interesting experience that I got to you know uh live with uh family and and the jewish family there and they every had dinners with them and and so i had a really different kind of experience um and then of course in jerusalem and traveled i didn't go up north uh and i didn't go into the uh two areas but you know it's it's yeah it's such a teeny country it's interesting when you show the maps and you're like yeah it's like sliver so yeah it's it's just you know the immediate reaction and and the you know it's it's and then what impact is this going to have on ukraine and and focus uh, financial yeah. and, and energy and and media and how that you know and then of course you've got the Iranian issue it's like ugh, it's the makings of craziness internationally and traveling I'm supposed to go to India in March that's been canceled uh, because of our connection because we can't get it go to India um, there's that whole issue uh, you can't you know, go to India no Canada severed uh, oh were,
0: right oh my gosh yeah. I like, see what just happened yeah. there I'm yeah. like, right, because last news cycle, which was 10 days ago, <laughs>
1: that's right. that
0: was the biggest story. Yeah. And it things just get shoved right, mm-hmm. right off the news cycle. That is a, that spin it's... and unspun right there happening in real time.
1: But that's well, a, the, just... the, the terrorism that you kind of alluded to. I, I think the fear, not only of Jewish people, I think of everybody, all of us need to be worried about this. Um, you know, I, we grew up during the IRA times, right? Yeah, uh, the IRA, who it's interesting to see their response. Yeah, You know, certainly the, what's happening, you know, the Irish. That's Irish, uh, government yeah. That Just for been, people going, some, what? Yeah, there might so be people watching going, I, I don't know,
0: what it, what's the IRA? Yeah. Oh
1: my God, yeah. It's crazy. scary,
0: scary times. Yeah. Where you didn't they, know, you know where you might go and get bombed. That's
1: right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Amanda is from, was living in London during that time. And, you know, it's, it's so you, that is the fear, I think, for all of us that we need to think about. I was certainly the synagogues have already got police patrols here in Vancouver, there's immediate reaction to that. Um, yeah. Lots well, in just... Toronto
0: too. I mean, the activation mm-hmm. of the of the law Montreal. enforcement in Toronto and Montreal. And, you know, uh, the diaspora, we've talked about that term. I think we're going to hear more and more uh, of that. And I learned, honestly, uh, much about that by um, listening to Sam Cooper, because he will mm-hmm. reference the diaspora, the diaspora when he's trying to, because it sounds less it's the chinese it's the arabs it's the jews it's the it's the diaspora it's the people who lived once elsewhere and live abroad from their homeland now that is the diaspora my mom would be considered yugoslav diaspora mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so when we're talking about you know how it impacts the community um the israeli diaspora or the palestinian diaspora or the the Arab diaspora and how the clashing of neighborhoods might happen in cities across the globe. Cause we have mm-hmm. seen some pretty unbelievable protests um, since this all started just six, oh six days ago. Like it's been
1: some horrible stuff. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah.
0: Or anyway, you know what, George, we, we got it. I, I don't want to, be- I think bo- it's a, it's good, a, but- it's,
1: it's obviously a live thing and you know uh we're just seeing this stuff coming out it's just horrible and so you know we can't i don't even know where to start i mean i think we just you know stupid war <laughs> yeah like, stupid like stupid we're so I lucky i mean can we put, can we here, put women right? in
0: charge please yeah oh my mm-hmm. gosh i love that as a way to sort of turn the page on this week's episode like of course we'll keep talking about it and and the mm-hmm. more we learn the more we know the more we'll share but aren't we lucky mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
1: Hard to hard to uh, be motivated to talk about our woes when compared to that. Oh, no, but- I'll
0: talk about our woes. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start? A- start? <laughs> can I just, can I vent a little bit about this thing with BC Ferries? Like it's a super <laughs> random place to start, but holy sure. banoli. Like, all right. So out of all of the sailings that this is a, this is like, a highway in British Columbia that that we pay for as taxpayers, as citizens mm-hmm. of BC. We pay for BC Ferries. And and this isn't a slight a, or a slight towards the people that are working the ferries, because I know a lot of people who work for BC Ferries. People because I grew up in Tawassana, and That was a place where you got a job a lot of
1: times. Yeah, I um, wish couldn't we get a job with BC Ferries? That'd be awesome to right? keep telling him. He likes transportation it's a, and it's a good paying job. It's like, a good paying job. It's a job, great but, summer job.
0: But it takes you a minute to get in there. Like it because the the problem is is that everybody's kind of casual and you have to be on standby and then you get the call to work and then you have to be available to work and if you miss shifts then you're kind of you know it's like a whole mm, 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 Mm -hmm. because it's easier to keep a bunch uh, of people on standby. It's like the film industry. It's like the it's like the port workers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for until you get to a certain level and then once you get to that level, life is good. But what has been happening to the tune of a thousand cancellations last year? Um, is just they they because of Transport Canada they have to have a certain number of crew members in order to sail. Um, and how many how many times have we seen like complete and utter upheaval at BC Ferries, particularly on a long weekend, um, where they have to cancel sailings due to sh- staff shortages? So BC Ferries said okay, or the government, sorry, excuse me, Rob Fleming, transportation transportation minister Rob Fleming mm-hmm. said that he had a plan where he was going to fine BC Ferries for staffing shortage cancellations. And in my head, I'm like, hold on, where does the fine go? Do, don't we ultimately pay that fine? What, how <laughs> yeah, does that it's work? It's, hmm. yeah. And then just like a week ago on the long weekend, uh, it was BC Ferries has announced that their solution or their first step in solving the problem of cancellations due to staffing shortages is to hire five more executives.
1: Oh, no, don't get me started. Start. No, what it's, it's like our communications, the debate that we have about the city of Vancouver with a 45, 753. We don't even know anymore how many there are. They certainly know. haven't decreased them since ABC got in a year ago this week. Uh, but uh Ugh, oh, that's bad optics. That's just a touch bad optics.
0: Right. I don't, who thought that was a good idea? Who thought that was a good idea? Because my answer to that was, can I have those five executives? Great. Great. If those five executives are coming on board, they better be on board every boat. Cause I want them working on the, I want them working on the ferries because then we're the going to travel with least. the right number of staff. <laughs> right? Give me my gravy on the side. My gravy on the side, extra pickle, <laughs> extra triple O let's go. Um, you, you mentioned city of Vancouver and the 42 mm. or 57 communications people. Uh, did you see the, the story? I believe it was in the tie I think it was Jen St. Denis. I want to give her credit for it. St. Um, Denis. Yeah. Sorry. St. Mm-hmm. Denis. Oh, sure. oui, oui. I always go off. I says the promise of a hundred cops and a hundred nurses.
1: Mm. Not happening.
0: A hundred cops. Not even ten nurses.
1: How did they got? The hundred cops? No. Yeah. In Vancouver, I, I haven't seen that story, and I don't believe that they got. They've hired a hundred cops of Vancouver. And that would be, you know, how much money that is? That's about it's about well, it's a hundred two hundred thousand dollars per year per per cop. Yeah. Plus, you have to buy all the vehicles and all that, so it's about. A million dollars per year per cop so we're talking you're forgetting you're
0: forgetting something though how many cops left how many retired yeah, well this is attrition. how many this bailed how many cops. moved
1: yeah, that's not the same but thing. that's just it that's not the same
0: Spin. thing
1: oh my god Spin. the the cost to the taxpayers of vancouver for the 100 additional cops in in above and beyond what we currently have yeah. was, is about a million dollars per year per cop so 100 million dollars which represents how much tax per year per taxpayer? Let's say about 7 million per percent per. So seven times 100 divided by seven. What is that? I don't know. Five, four, five, four, 15, 14, yeah. Million, yeah. 14, 14, 14 uh, percent tax increase. So, but, so kind of just for the just with. for that, just for that. Yeah. So it's, it's just not possible to do. And, and frankly, where do you get the cops? Surrey? <laughs> Can we talk about
0: Surrey for a second too? Yeah, we'll come oh my back gosh. to Vancouver and
1: housing too because I want to talk about We that will come too. back to
0: Vancouver and housing, but let's go to Surrey on policing because last week, late last week, mm-hmm. um the letter that was leaked that was from the provincial government basically saying K Brenda Locke, stop. Yeah, yeah, you know, stop. The the letter was did you did you read the letter that mm. was leaked?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it was sort of along the lines of what we talked about last week, to be honest. And so he was very, like we wrote it. Um, Do you,
0: are they listening to us, George?
1: <laughs> but I, 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 I'm just, we just keep trying to figure out what her agenda is here, what the plan is. It doesn't seem to be more money. She's just, she's just doubling down, putting herself in a corner. I, I just think that your points last week, for those who didn't listen, was really focused on, you know, RCMP, what's the deal? There's no way the government, I don't think, will intervene in a crown corporation and tell them what to do. I just don't think there's a wall there for sure. So what about administration? And why are they not making a tougher decision saying, okay, we're out? Why, what is happening here? Why is there this stalemate of all these people Does, does this rcmp actually believe that brenda Locke is going to succeed in keeping the rcmp there i just find that hard to believe and i feel like there should be and maybe there has been in camera meetings with council with the rcmp saying we're working on our exit plan <laughs> this we, we we know we're done they've probably presented a strategy uh, and and so what they're just not talking to the syria police i i just it's a it's most bizarre situation having been in council trying to figure out what kind of scenario normally what would happen if you were in in a city council office you would have the in-camera meetings in this situation i would imagine the rcmp and the surrey police would be there together yeah presenting their plan together to the council and the council would ratify it in some form or other or or at least be in the know because there would be boards involved and the rcmp infrastructure so it's such a wait a minute there there
0: is there is the weirdness of this that Brenda Locke is the board chair. Yeah, there's that. So that's the problem. So the board chair of of the the new police, of the Surrey police or the, yeah, the board. um, And she blocks everything. She will not ratify anything. She will not, she will not allow that plan to go to council. It will not allow that plan to go to the province. Will not entertain any of it. And it's bizarre. I can't imagine what it must be like to sit on, the Surrey Police Board, and look at this individual actively blocking, moving forward with what the province has already said is happening, period, full stop, end of, and $8 million a month extra on top of what is already remarkably expensive. It's just, it's astonishing to me that there are no levers to be pulled to correct this. And we're like a year later of this being a
1: yeah. I, I can only think
0: mess. because she bonkers. campaigned on this.
1: Yeah, she yeah. campaigned on this. She's put she's steadfast, and I agree with her as I have always said that the cost is underestimated by hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars just based on the Vancouver model that we have for our policing. Uh, that the estimates that that Doug McCallum bounced around and used to get his uh, the ability to get rid of the police force is. So has always been underestimated. She knows it. They know it. And so they're sitting there going and they're going to get the hundred and whatever million, 170 million from the provincial government once. But every year after that, they have to find their five or six hundred million dollars to pay for this new Surrey police board. You know,
0: they have 210, uh, 210 million yeah, coming. I mean, so it's a no hundred and it's 170 and then it's 30 million a year for the next. What is it? Th-
1: 30 million th- year, from the th- province, from the oh, province. Right. Yeah.
0: So there I mean is a,
1: this is going to 60 million million a month it's going to cost taxpayers of Surrey. So she's sure. going but right now I don't it's costing that, that
0: plus 8 million on top yeah. of it. Like right now it's costing RCMP and Surrey I mean at what point does the ridiculousness add up to even worse because the well, people of Surrey are no safer having two law uh, police of jurisdiction uh fighting with one another or one's at least going, no, you don't get to put your cars on the street. It's like, what? Why? What are we doing? Are we really fighting amongst ourselves about public safety? How about we go out and we secure communities? How about we take care of the people? This is just such gross misuse of public office, in my opinion. It just, mm-hmm. it smacks of You know, the brokenness of the loopholes that are what can happen in a municipal election when only 35% of the people show up to vote and 35% of those 35% have the quote unquote majority that puts somebody into office who then goes, I'm going to take my ball and go home if I don't get my way. It's like, that's not how this is supposed to go. And I'm not just coming down on Brenda Locke here because you know the issues I've had with Vancouver mayors in the past. Some have been great and some have been horrifyingly bad. So it's just... It comes back to us as the general public to be more aware and engaged when it comes to municipal elections. And you've said it from day one on this podcast, George, that the most impact that we can have as the public, as the taxpayer, is to vote in our municipal elections. And sadly, it's the thing we do the least.
1: What Brenda Locke's not doing, though, is saying if I was her, uh, if this is the issue and then is the money this put public safety aside there's no you know the police are still there there's not like there's no police force <laughs> there's two police forces but there's the but job they're not is working not, together they're there yeah but there's you know so, there's still police on the ground but if her issue is money then the only thing she should be saying i will never i cannot support for the taxpayers of this province 600 a potential 600 million dollar bill or if not more uh an ever-expanding bill this is an irresponsible decision for the taxpayers of, B, of of Surrey to make or for us to for me to make for the taxpayers as as sprint lock should be saying every that's the only thing she if that's what it is that's that what she should be, be saying every day every day I'm not I'm not going to spend 600 million dollars of taxpayers money on a police force that we, we have a police force that costs 200 million or what the you know whatever the numbers yeah. are approximately why would I do that why tell me province this is not fair to the people of this province They've, they were they were they were sold a bill of goods that were I'm, not I'm, legit and they were not it's not real numbers and i can't possibly do that to the people of this city and that's I'm gonna, the only thing she I'm going to jump
0: said. in one thing one thing that will be the argument back from the from the province is you asked for it the city of surrey not you as the mayor but the city of surrey asked for this to start in the first place cuz that's what the province ultimately said When they made the decision that they're going to continue forward with the Surrey Police Services, they will become the police of jurisdiction. It'll probably take 18 months. That was explained. And here's the money that the province is willing to put in there. And here's the reasons why. Reasons being the shortness of RCMP staff elsewhere in the province and and how the RCMP in Surrey would be pulling RCMP from other places that would leave other parts of the province um, under, under policed and whatnot, but also... As the thing that Farnworth, Mike Farnworth, Minister Farnworth said that really stuck with me, because again, no skin in the game in Surrey. So I'm like, what is it here? And he said, for any other municipality or township who wishes to go down a road like this when in one election and then change their mind in the next election, make note. Because once you activate and it's approved, there's no turning back. It's mm-hmm. almost like that is the we're done here. We're done. And I'm showing Langley or Sanich, or I'm just picking out of a hat here, but elsewhere, who might be like, hmm.
1: Q oh. tape, uh election night. <laughs> yeah. But wins. Out of her mouth immediately, even though she actually never said it this way during the campaign. I will not allow this. You know, it's like she just went all in. She said right the on first the, thing she, I'm gonna
0: do is fire Norm Lipinski, the Linda's yeah, husband. Yeah. So she,
1: put herself right into a corner without any kind of, okay, there's no need to make that announcement. I said that that night when I was on CTV and I said, why would you do that before you get in there and figure out the the math on this, uh, you know, figure out the politics on it, to put yourself in that situation. And if you're a stubborn person, which a lot of politicians are, um, then uh, you're really screwed. So I think that's where she's at right now. Maybe she's just so stubborn. And, but also, I do agree if it's if it is the financial issue, one hundred percent, she's she's accurate. If she was more clear on that, uh, and and more uh, you know adamant to the province saying this was misinformation that the people of this ta- people of this province were provided or this city were provided, and you as a province need to support me on this because it's it's not whether it means financially forever, which is not going to happen, but or you have to reverse the decision. I c- we can't afford it. We they can not do it. that. won't reverse the decision. What I think they're going
0: to do is keep all municipal police forces in place and have a prevent municipal police forces will stay in place. But there will be a provincial police force a la the Ontario police um, that serve that and the RCMP can become the CIA or FBI of Canada and and manage um, international Issues and border issues, etc. I that that'd be my prediction because I don't I don't see it's
1: reversing. It, it's a very four un, minutes left it's to a, cover. It's a very just on, that note, just on that note. though, it's a very risky thing. It's you know it's like compared to when I worked to CBC. One of the whole goals of CBC and the whole point of it in a country so large is you needed to have you needed a, a systems in place for every corner of the country to pr- be provided with the same you know kind of services and and policing. It should be that one. And if you go to this this route, how do we guarantee? Uh, to all Canadians, if they go if every province decides to go this route, how do we know for sure that every single corner, corner of this country is going to be properly served? And of course, happening most now, cops want to be and I know, but it's I'm just not saying, happening that's, now. That's but, but, but you're like, RCMP. hey, we're
0: in a dream world where the RCMP is doing all that right now. We're not, we're not. It's not happening now. <laughs> it's not. Every corner of Canada is not being well served by the RCMP, which is part and that is saying that knowing and appreciating those who who serve. And, and and are doing unbelievable work. You ask RCMP in remote locations how it's going, and they'll tell you, I don't have enough people here to properly but, police but this place and space. It's already a big problem. We're screwed sure. on it. And that's not unique to Canada. This is a problem everywhere. Are we raising our kids to want to put themselves in harm's way while the world is not the province
1: who's in charge of the healthcare system is not doing a very good job of doctors. So a hundred percent? Are we talking about that trust, now? We've only got three I, minutes to go. I don't know so if I trust the province. <laughs> if you just
0: want to talk over know, one another, we can do that.
1: I, I was making a point over, that uh, I don't think that I don't you know trust me. the province to to manage uh, uh, our police forces because they're not doing a very good job with our health care system. So.
0: So that was what aboutism because I was talking about the RCMP on a national scale, because I don't think that they're doing the, I don't think the federal government's doing a great job of servicing all corners of the country, like the CBC model. That was my point. Point, counterpoint, point, counterpoint, healthcare, different topic. Um, do you want to talk with for three minutes about the Vancouver plan uh, and the housing thing or
1: the non-plan? You mean the non-announcement? Right.
0: Yes. Again. <laughs> I hate that
1: When that happens, you're going to solve homelessness next. I mean, it's just, yeah. what are you doing announcing nothing? It, it, I mean, journalists immediately you saw, I don't know if you saw the press conference, but the questions and all the reporters are asking, uh, details, please. What's new here? It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Ugh. Why would you do that?
0: Why would they do that?
1: Why? I don't know. They they wanted to have an anniversary special. They better is blow it that... away when they bring it to the table uh, at council, whatever it is they're bringing. Because now the expectations are super high.
0: Yeah. I thought of you the moment I saw it. So for for you not knowing what the hell we're talking about right here is basically there was a press conference. There was this media availability, like it's happening at this time and make sure you're there. And if you want to dial in, it's this. And I'm like, oh God, what's this? And then basically it's like, we're going to build more places for people to live. Mm -hmm. Okay. When? We'll let you know. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's like more density where oh we'll get to that
1: okay okay. well how long does it take to build a tower six years just just to build it not to mention approving it and all other stuff but from the moment they start digging a hole to build a 30 to 40 story tower it takes about five to six years you know it takes it's a floor per week once they're out of the ground so you know it's a year just after uh, once Mm -hmm. you're out of the ground so first to get a hole that's a good stat just just to pour the cement
0: so how so, did yeah. the how did the stuff around bc place go up so quickly because that didn't what? take six years once the hole was dug, the park casino and the two huge towers no, and the one well that you i won through,
1: it was approved it went, in 2011 and it went up during up the pandemic f- t- well it depends which building you're talking about but you know i live in yale town on New yeah I'm, I'm asking honestly last i'm not building trying to... is being built right now on Richards so and that's taken 20 years if you look at Richard Street as an example which had zero high-rises 20 years ago now it's all high-rises and the last one's being built pretty much just started the whole just got finished that'll be another three two and a half years before it's finished right uh, so the whole so just started and then three years four so three years 24 years to finish that street right. so that's probably I would say maybe 8,000 people Along there, how Richards, maybe approximately? Probably 20 towers, two. To imagine that how many tower.
0: units? How many? So two or three yeah, no,
1: ours has three hundred units. At 30, a million, 30, million plus floors.
0: each. Yeah.
1: So you you just you know, the, it takes a long that's... time to build towers. So that's and we need how many units? Eight thousand a year. A year in Vancouver. To just catch to keep up. up. Just to yeah. keep up. Yeah. So I don't know where these magical places will be built and quickly. Um the temporary module homes is obviously the easiest way to do it. Uh, you know, loosening up, subdividing laneway homes, and yeah. laneway homes, but subdividing. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, Allowing the regulations, the, you know, still a problem.
0: The one piece that I saw in one of the press releases that I got in that flurry of them was that laneway homes and up to five story, I think it was, are going to be fast-tracked, permitting.
1: Yeah, we had that. They, they approved that. If, yeah. And, and so yeah. it's... So that's not a tower
0: thing. So, how, I wonder how long it takes to build the five story or four, four story, five story.
1: um, Well, I know that in Chilliwack, because I work with some people out there, it's a couple of years still to build that kind of building. The problem is, you know, the interest rates are quite high, right? Yeah. I mean, developers are just a lot less likely to be interested right now in taking that sure. risk when they have to pay eight to ten percent on on uh, uh, on a money that won't be coming in for three to five years. There is some money that the federal government's made available for this process yeah. as part of their housing plan, um, but you know you got to apply for it and all that stuff, all that rigmarole. So it's it's not a great time. That's why when I was in office and why when times were good and interest rates were at two percent that's when we should have been building. Not only us, not only private sector, but government should be building them because money was cheap. Now money's expensive. If the federal government wants to build housing or the provincial government or cities want to build housing and they got to borrow money at eight to 10%, eight yeah, to 10% on a billion dollars as a taxpayer, because the taxpayer pays the interest in the operating budget. You get the right. money, sure, but you got to pay the interest through your operating budget. So if you're spending a hundred million dollars on interest, Again, go back to the math. At seven million dollars in Vancouver for every interest, in every per, every you know percent, every Taxpayer. seven million dollars for every one percent tax. Yeah, every money you th- so it's the math is crazy, and it's just not possible for the city to do it. But there was a chance when interest. Well, we saw it. Forever. Look around.
0: Burnaby did it. Richmond did it. Ladner did it. New West did it. Oh, and We're that look, example of the mayor, used about Burnaby. When was the last time you drove down um, uh, Marine Drive in North Vancouver, like? The density that is filled in all along there is is wild. Like guess what, everybody guess what but has. Vancouver has been building. Hmm?
1: Burnaby has flat rate CACs. That's amenity contributions that developers make. The process is somewhat archaic, but simple. And so it's, it doesn't change all the time. In right. Vancouver, they keep changing the goalposts. So the developers are like, well, what is the rule now? Staff are like, what are the rules now? It's layer over layer of a layer of policy, right. of BS, of this, if that you know bureaucracy
0: crazy amount of money that it costs in permitting and the delays associated with it and almost holding confusion. you hostage with your unused parcel of land that oh again you have to pay the highest and best use tax on it it's like yeah so i have to pay for the 60 story building that you are delaying that i can't actually build that i can't get any revenue from to pay the property tax right how about how about a um community garden Anyway, that's 33 minutes of Unspun Podcast. You can follow us on social media. Go to unspunpodcast.com if you love this so much that you have to subscribe. But you can also follow Mm. this guy on your Twitter. And he can be found at George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y at Jody Vance. And uh, share us with your friends because it's always good to have a little banter with George and Jode on a on a Thursday we drop on Thursdays here on unspun Uh, 33 minutes buddy we keep going over ever since we said it shorter it's longer
1: and we missed two topics but anyways
0: two topics try five
1: topics (laughs) yeah next week next week
0: next week go get your COVID vaccine and your flu shot at the same time
1: I'm way too young it's my birthday this weekend by the way
0: oh right October 15th because that was the municipal election we used to say that all the time
1: 29 again
0: okay well happy almost birthday george affleck we thank love
1: you. you okay so. bye